Welcome to the Infernal Mafia. That's Kayla. And that's Sarah. Today, we're talking about PCOS again. Are you aware of it? Because it's PCOS Awareness Month. Yeah. So so many things to be aware of. Did I say that right? PCOS Awareness Month. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you said it right. I'm pretty sure that PCOS Awareness Month, or at least Day, was signed into like being a real national holiday <laughs> by Ronald oh. Reagan. Oh, thanks, Ron. So it's like a real thing. Okay. Do you know what the actual day is? Uh, I think it's, it's passed already, I think. Oh, okay. I can Google it. <laughs> I don't know that calling it a holiday is, you know, it seems like holidays are things you, but it's a day. <laughs> yeah. And the color is teal. Teal. I love teal. I like what you, I already looked ahead at some of your notes and. Because, I mean, I like to joke about how there's an awareness day for everything, but it really is effective, uh, especially in social media, bringing awareness to things. And I saw your note about that it's good to have because so many people have it but don't know it. True. Yeah. So we're going to give you some uh, hopefully new facts about PCOS today and a little history and read some listener comments about what they wish they'd known. And before we get to that, I wanted to just quickly give a shout out to Christine Infertility Illustrated for illustrating that awesome PCOS superhero. Did you see it? Yeah. (laughs) It was really cool. She looks so cool. And she's She's wearing teal. She's wearing teal. I wonder if Christine knew that. I'm pretty sure she she did. She did. And she had a pearl necklace on. That's right. Yep. A lot of thought went into it. And she asked for suggestions for other super infertility superheroes. So if you go to her Instagram page or ours, we reposted it. Go check it out. It's great. I thought of what male factor infertility mark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that really rolls off the tongue. <laughs> oh. Uh, so there's a statistic that 50% of women with PCOS um, go undiagnosed. Really? How they know that, I don't know. But yeah, that's one of those how do you know if you're, yeah. <laughs> Maybe because they eventually get diagnosed later in life. I don't know. You know, like they don't know they have it until they're like trying to get pregnant. And they're like, yeah, you've been dealing with this for 15 years. I've diagnosed my mom with it and (laughs) (laughs) I retroactively diagnosed her. Mm. Because everything she's telling me, I'm like, "Uh, did anyone tell you that you have PCOS? It wasn't even a thing, though. Right. When she was trying to get pregnant. Which you're going to tell us about, right? You're going to tell us about the history, which I can't wait. I love a good history story. I think we should start calling it, I was thinking about that the other day, the play on drunk history, the TV show, Drunk Fertility. Ooh, I Neither one of us is drinking. Soon. (laughs) Soon. That's right. You are 35? Four. Four. And five days. (laughs) Yeah, so almost 35. She's almost 35 weeks pregnant looking amazing oh thank you you look great uh yesterday i told peter i'm like i weigh 160 and he's like what i think i weigh that and i'm like i don't i think you weigh more like 170 180 mm. you're six foot tall and you're not a teenager anymore uh, but i t- i topped out at to something <laughs> at the end of my pregnancy. You gain a lot of weight when you, you get do. pregnant. You don't You're realize. To. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff in there. Don't be too afraid of the weight gain, ladies. It's supposed to happen. 
Yeah. Okay. So yesterday I was listening to the Mysterious Universe podcast and they were talking about how going out in the forest raises your natural killer cells. Mm-hmm. And that's good. And I was like, wait, Kayla has natural killer cells and it's bad. Everybody has natural killer cells. And I was confused. <laughs> so I guess they're you good. You but do. if you, you have they're... too aggressive, they're bad. Exactly. If you have too many or they're too aggressive, that's when you run into trouble. But you need natural killer cells. Everyone has them and they're a, a normal part of your immune response to bad things. And you need to go out in the woods to <laughs> raise them. just i think it's anything anytime you your body has that fight or flight response they probably kick into gear Mm. how far away from a forest are you (laughs) well i'm in texas now well i mean when you're in chicago where do you have to go to find a forest uh pretty far (laughs) yeah pretty far so the Japanese government recommends <laughs> that you get out into the forest two times a month to help with your oh. immune system. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Yeah. That's what they said on I, the podcast that I was listening to yesterday. I need more details about this. What is it about the forest that supposedly is healthy for your immune system? Like trees and stuff (laughs) i'm calling bs on the japanese government right now trees are very good for you (laughs) yeah but you can find you can get the effects of trees in other places than just a forest is it is that what it is they want you breathing all that carbon dioxide no i mean oxygen i was like we um, exhale carbon dioxide the trees make the oxygen (laughs) yeah I don't know what it is. It was something (laughs) supernatural sounding. Mm, Right. Exactly. (laughs) That's why I'm calling BS. Anyway, so let's talk about PCOS Awareness Month. Let's do it. I I love to start the morning. I love to start the morning with PCOS chatter. I do every day to myself. (laughs) Uh, How about a quick fact or fiction quiz for you, Sarah? Okay. Let's see how many of these you get. It's just five. Okay. Fact or fiction, PCOS is the number one infertility diagnosis. Uh, fact? Correct. That is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely common. Yeah, one it is. In we don't ten? know. They just make up the statistic. I've seen one in five, yeah. one in six. So who knows? It, no one it's knows. It's speculative statistics, uh, but it's very common. Just know that. Um, number two, fact or fiction, all women with PCOS are overweight. Uh, fiction. Very much fiction. Because there's and lean PCOS. There's lean PCOS, and just because you're overweight doesn't mean you have PCOS. I feel like it goes both ways on that one. It is also misdiagnosed a lot. Yes. For that reason. Mm-hmm. Which we'll get to. Um, fact or fiction, birth control will cure my PCOS. No. Fiction. No. <laughs> birth control doesn't cure anything. <laughs> I feel like it might help endometriosis because it, like pretty much puts you into menopause well it helps the symptoms but it doesn't cure the endo i know it like stops it from growing more doesn't it uh i don't know i don't know either i don't know anyway (laughs) next um factor fiction pcos is not a one symptom diagnosis there are multiple criteria that must be met for a diagnosis fact very much a fact which makes it confusing because there are a lot of criteria no there's only can... three um three that are for sure like you have to have two out of these three yes okay good well, then we'll get to that 
Because there's a lot of other, okay, symptoms, we should there's say. There's symptoms, but you have yeah. to have three out of, two out of three of the specific official criteria to be diagnosed. Gotcha. Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, fact or fiction, women with PCOS will always have trouble conceiving. Uh, that's fiction. Correct. A lot, a lot of women have no trouble at all. Yeah, like Macy from Teen Mom. I'm not familiar. <laughs> Come on, Kate. You need to li- watch MTV more. I never catch Sarah's TV references. Like, never. <laughs> okay, one more. Fact or fiction? There is a cure for PCOS. Um, That's fiction, but researchers have recently said that they think they have found a cure, which I don't know how that works. Is it? If it's like while they give this to you or if they give it to you and then you're cured. So mm, is it what is it? Uh, Cetro relics. Oh. Is it a shot or a pill? I'm or not sure. A, something that you snort or. <laughs> <laughs> you have to snort this medicine. Is there any type of medicine that you have to snort? That's... Yes. What? It's a IVF drug. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it is. I don't know. They don't prescribe it very much in the U.S. But like you, you hear about women overseas taking it all the time. The the I think it's a. Oh man, I'm not gonna say because I've don't heard remember. of cetrotide. Yeah, and yeah, I and that's I've what it is. taken Ganarelics, but this is Cetro Relics, so I don't know. <laughs> it's a combination of cetratide and ganorelics. Yeah, I'm not sure. It simultaneously stimulates the ovaries and c- prevents them from ovulating. So does cetro cetratide stimulate the ovaries? I thought it was the same as ganorelics. It might be. I don't know. Let's so, not. <laughs> basically, they haven't even done studies on humans. They've only done it on mice. So they don't really know. Oh, okay. So at the but moment, there is no cure for PCOS. There is no cure, but it is treatable. Right. So there's that. So it's not all bad. <laughs> <laughs> there's things you can do. Yeah. Okay. That was all my facts and fiction. I thought that would be a good uh, introduction to PCOS in case yeah. someone's listening and doesn't know anything about it. Um, If you want... A more in-depth overview of PCOS. We talked about it in episode seven, my string of pearls. In episode 14, it's time to evict my eggs. And then we talked about it in episode 30 with Mafia Meat Melissa, who is a nutritionist. Yeah. She gave a lot of interesting uh just points of view about nutrition and PCOS. And I was like totally on board with everything she said, which I liked it. Her advice totally contradicts what a lot of doctors tell you to do. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, wait, which, which advice? Mm, Doctors say to eat low carb and things like that. She did too. Did she? Yeah. She just she said she doesn't agree with a no carb diet. She just said to eat protein with your carbs. I don't think she, she said, said to eat low carb. She yeah, pretty she much she said, said balance. She said you need to have mostly fruits and vegetables and whole foods. Yeah, that's that, carbs. Okay, well, eliminating her point was eliminating an entire like food group, carbs. There's healthy carbs and there's unhealthy carbs. And but like your body does the a, same thing with them. But you need complex well, carbs. Yeah. So your body does its thing with them slower. And she said to eat protein with carbs to help your body like not go crazy. Like the insulin spike. Yeah. And she also recommended to not. If you're going to do a really low or no carb diet, like keto or paleo or something, to stop it before you get pregnant, because um, you like just eating basically fat is not that you need more than that to sustain a pregnancy. 
So anyway, I want to have her on again. We got off topic. But yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't disagree with her. But I did <laughs> keto before doing IVF and I think it helped me with my PCOS. But she does not recommend keto. She does not. Yeah. No. And she made some good points. So go listen and make your own decision. But I don't know. I just like the idea of balance, a balanced diet. I don't like you know, anything it makes, that's too extreme. It makes more sense. <sighs> it does. Yeah. But anyway, um, there's that episode. And then so we wanted to talk about why there's an awareness month. And that's because... Uh, I guess the statistic, I don't know if this is true. No one knows if this is true or not, but it says that over half of the people with PCS don't know they have it. But how do they know if they don't know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, that's what I'm like. Is this, no one knows. And so <laughs> that's why there's an awareness month. Do they just speculate that... Based on the, uh, I don't know, what they're seeing coming through their door, like the number of women that have it, that they speculate there's that many more out there that haven't, don't know it? I, I guess. Like, it took me seeing, like, my first, I don't think she was an RE, but my first IVF doctor didn't even think I had it because I wasn't overweight. Mm-hmm. Like, my um, RE didn't think I have it, which technically I don't meat but I'm like borderline and it was my immunologist that was like uh you've basically like you've almost got PCOS which criteria do you meet um well I so she thought that I had more follicles but see I just like what constitutes a lot of follicles you, you don't have to have polycystic ovaries to have oh, PCOS. I know. I know. I know. But that was one that right. she. Uh, and then the other one would be like, I just have some of those like outlier symptoms. Like I had terrible acne as a child or as a child. <laughs> that would be really sad. That would be really sad. <laughs> that would be so sad. I had terrible acne growing up. Um I have thinning hair. Like, I have some of the other symptoms. Um, yeah, I don't like, have either of those. Obviously, an overactive thing. immune system, which is also common. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But what are the two... Like, you just mentioned earlier, like, there are three criteria, and you have to meet two to be diagnosed. So, what are they? Hyperandrogenism. You think, did I say that right? Yeah, I think so. That just means you have excess testosterone, so they have to do a blood test for that one. Um, and then in ovulation, or like not really ovulating that much. So yeah. either no ovulation or not ovulating like a normal Regularly. Person. Yeah. Right. Which And you know that one most of the time because you know how long your cycles are. Yeah, if you have like a 60-day cycle and up, you're not ovulating. <laughs> yeah, or not regularly. Yeah, and so. then the third one is polycystic ovaries on an ultrasound. Gotcha. Which I have all three, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> Boo. Yeah, I, I did ovulate more regularly when I was doing keto though yeah when I so I'll ask you this because when I was tracking my cycles they were longer like what do they say average is 28 to 30 like that's a healthy cycle 28 to 35 30 okay mine were always on the long side like they were always 32 ish or sometimes longer that's what mine went to like 31 32 yeah. So it was almost, it just seemed like they, it, it was, you know, like if maybe I kept going in the like direction of like eating pasta every day. I'm like, maybe I might have developed it eventually. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but that's like, that's a normal yeah. time. 
it, you don't have yeah. to have your period every 28 days. Right. So, and if it's regular for you, like if yes. 37 days is regular for you every month, then that's probably normal. It's if it's like 37 is a lot. If you're like, <laughs> it could be too though. much. I, I guess, but I guess the but more the point I was making is if it's 35 one month and then 47 the next month, yes. and then 50 the next month, and then back to 35. That's a sign that you're not ovulating regularly. Right. Yes. So that would be a sign. And then the like having thin hair and then less commonly male pad pattern alopecia, (laughs) which would really stink. And then, um, you know, facial hair, just looking more manly. (laughs) <laughs> peach fuzzy yeah <laughs> and it's I, not just like it's more hair in other places too right like if you have yeah m- i think so more hair on your arms or the back of your on your back or maybe your, your stomach. stomach yeah 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 so things like that and then maybe even a lower voice do you think that's i think that's I one it. of them yeah <laughs> i don't know maybe <laughs> The more testosterone you have, the lower your voice. Yeah, that's, I guess there might be something to that's that. That's why my voice is so low. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the the um, more testosterone means that you have the ability to build muscle. So sometimes that's that's where that's why I said peace, women with PCOS are like all the superheroes must have had PCOS. The female yeah, I'm superheroes. Gonna, I'm going to start weightlifting. Yeah, you should. (laughs) See how it goes. (laughs) You'll have an easier time than women who don't have a little bit of extra testosterone. I mean, not like crazy. I'm not going to (laughs) go overboard because I'm lazy, but. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, So what are these other ones? um, There's some crazy words. Congenital adrenal hyperplasia. Do you know what that means? No. Nope. Congenital me. <laughs> I am not sure. You put this here, so I don't know. I looked it up, too, and I can't <laughs> I remember. I forgot. <laughs> um, it has to do with your adrenal glands. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so it's an inherited genetic disorder, or like a group of inherited genetic disorder, Uh, That has to do with your adrenal glands and people with it lack one of the enzymes to produce hormones that help regulate metabolism. Got it. And the immune system and blood pressure and other things. Oh, and it like affects cortisol and your response to illnesses and stress. So it's not great. But not and that's genetic. That's not even something that you. It's not like a lifestyle thing. It's no. Yeah, I guess it's just like people with PCOS also happen to have this thing. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, and then uh, androgen. <laughs> so pretty much testosterone secreting tumors, Cushing Eesh. syndrome, which dogs also get. <laughs> Cushing syndrome? Yeah, I think my parents' Maltese has it. She's not showing signs yet, but um, thyroid dysfunction, which you know all about. And then hypoprolactin anemia. That means too much prolactin? I'm guessing. I think so. And there's even more symptoms than the ones we just listed. Yeah, but... But those are some... Those are some. But remember, you have to be diagnosed by a doctor. You have to have two out of the three that that you read, like irregular ovulation, too much testosterone, or polycystic, you know, ovaries. The polycystic ovaries. Yeah. Yeah. And then ways to treat it, diet and exercise, metformin or incitol, and ovulation drugs or IVF if you want to get pregnant. 
have you taken what is the uh, my in, inositol is that how you say it uh yes i have i also what took that you, when i was doing what keto, did you think so of it no uh i think that it i don't know <laughs> i was doing a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. so it's did, like which one was it right did you take but it ahead of ivf the second ivf round yes gotcha okay it didn't taste I, bad or anything you just mix it in a like water a drink or something yeah oh okay I just read an article on it last night because I saw um, I've been seeing a lot of women in our Facebook group say that they have used it for PCOS and that they like it. And um, the thing I think that's good about it is, A, it's over the counter. So unlike metformin that has to be diagnosed prescribed by a doctor, you can anybody can get it. And number two, I think people tolerate it better than metformin. Yeah, I didn't have any issues on it. Yeah, I don't know if it's as, quote, effective or if it's, like, as, you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. Like, it seems like everyone feels really bad on metformin. And I, I don't know. know if it really helps them. I, th- uh, I think most people, they, they do eventually, like, their body regulates to metformin. But both of these are um, metformin and... And nocetol are both like precursor drugs, or I know metformin could treat type two bi- diabetes with it, which is another thing to consider with PCOS that it's like a sign that you might eventually develop type two diabetes. Want want, I know. Among other things, we're not going to label that. Well, this that, has been though. depressing. <laughs> so let me tell you about the history yeah. of PCOS, which isn't as depressing. Drunk fertility. Funny Here we enough. Go. Okay. So this is the history of PCOS and why PCOSers are badasses. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take you back 50,000 years ago. Oh, yes. During the Paleolithic period. How much time do you guys have? <laughs> <laughs> so PCOS must have developed before Homo sapiens, which is us. Uh, dispersed across the world. So researchers think that because it's present in races equally, that it started at this time during the Stone Age. So we're like queens of the Stone Age. (laughs) (laughs) No, nothing. (laughs) No, I was just trying to think of... Do you like that band? Oh, Oh, you were referencing a pop culture something. No, I didn't catch it. Kayla. (laughs) You're killing me. It's a band, Queens of the Stone Age? You've never heard of Queens of the Stone Age? No. Oh, my gosh. What do they sing? Uh, No one knows. I sat by the ocean. Lots of. Other songs. There's one called I Want to Make It With You. It's a good one. With you? Yeah. <laughs> you should listen to them. I mean, they're like rock and roll band. But anyway, so during the Stone Age, that's when researchers think that PCOS developed in humans. Because it's not like something like sickle cell disease that people of African descent have or cystic fibrosis, which is Caucasian mostly. Mm-hmm. So, um, PCOS wasn't specifically recognized in ancient medical texts, but uh, there have been clues throughout history, pretty much because doctors are like, these are manly women. <laughs> <laughs> that can't get pregnant and don't ovulate. <laughs> okay, so Hippocrates said notes that But those women whose menstruation is less than three days or is meager are robust with a healthy complexion and a masculine appearance. Yet, they are not concerned about bearing children, nor do they become pregnant. Interesting. (laughs) And this is from... exactly what you said. (laughs) Yeah, this is from the book Diseases of Women. And then another guy 
who has a very different name. <laughs> Soreness of Ephesus? Yes. Noted that sometimes it is also natural to not menstruate at all. Oh. It is natural too in persons whose body are of masculine type. <laughs> we observe that the majority of those not menstruating are rather robust, like mannish <laughs> and sterile women. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. So I, w- I wonder if it was actually worse in, you know, a hundred AD. They seem not to have a problem with it, though. No, they're just like, that's cool. They're like way more tolerant of uh, different people than we are now. Yeah. And then medieval physician Moses Manamendes, he noted that there are women whose skin is dry and hard. (laughs) And I've told you before, I have dry skin. (laughs) And whose nature resembles that nature of a man. However, if any woman's nature tends to be transformed to the nature of a man, this does not arise from medications. <clears throat> but it is caused by heavy menstrual activity. Oh, he really missed the mark. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now it could be caused by medications. But then yeah. it's oh, because you have heavy man. periods. I have I have a heavy flow and a wide set vagina. <laughs> <laughs> is that another it's for mean reference. girls <laughs> nothing okay I've seen it but I don't remember that but I've seen it they're like does she I, even go here I knew you were referencing something <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh no okay so these statements made over a period of more than two millennia describe a combination of signs including menstrual and regular irregularity Mas- regularity yes oh masculine <laughs> habitus sub infertility and possibly obesity suggestive of pcos uh they also describe the disorder in terms that translate today as sometimes or many, indicating the condition was sufficiently common to merit description. But it never really was described as a problem, I guess. Right. That's so interesting, though. That's but totally true that they all had It might have common- not been described as a problem because they were still getting pregnant. And I will tell you the reasons for that in a little bit. Do tell. Um, Yeah. And then this paper that I'm quoting from, uh, it says the prevalence of PCOS appears to be only minimally affected by the increasing rates of obesity and the excess consumption of Western type food. For example, the prevalence of PCOS is relatively similar across countries with different rates of obesity. So United States versus Spain or Mexico. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So the question is, why did PCOS people thrive if they reproduce less? Why, Sarah? It's because (laughs) uh, people with PCOS... They actually thrive in stressor situations where they have to like survive on little food, mm-hmm. and oh, they're the probably gatherers. yeah, and they're probably like stronger, mm-hmm. right? You know, because the testosterone. Yeah, <laughs> and um, we have a greater capacity for energy storage necessary to endure prolonged episodes of privation. And so we are a thrifty genotype, <laughs> which we so pass thrifty. on to our offspring. And uh. PCOSers aren't actually sterile. They can conceive, it's just at a lower rate, which can help when you're in like situations where you're trying to survive because you have less kids to feed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so another reason that people with PCOS and why PCOS has survived 
human, the human population was because people used to have sex to reproduce earlier. Like pretty much up until recently, really. Like probably <laughs> starting when they had their period. Yeah. They didn't use contraception and then obesity. They didn't have it. Yeah, they didn't have it. I don't think any cavemen had condoms. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They didn't know about the pullout method. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and obesity was less widespread. So uh, PCOS favored the survival of family units containing women with PCOS because they had few, if any, children of their own, and they served as aloe mothers to their like sisters. Meaning what? Meaning that we're the awesome ants. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But um, with aging PCOS, women may have attained significant nurturing skills given their wisdom and strength to survive a physically demanding environment, creating a source of capable child-rearing labor, not focused on or threatened by pregnancy. And then... They also had lean muscle, which helped in physically demanding environments. They these women taught the the children in the family how to be tough, right? And they and just had the muscle for it. Self self sufficient, self sustaining. This is all fascinating. Yeah, I'll let you take over talking because my throat is like going crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Sarah. I find it, uh, I find the earlier fact that you read, actually, where is this coming from? (laughs) Did you say? It's, um, it's a study, like a scientific study. I will put it in the show notes. Okay, great. Uh, that the prevalence of PCOS appears to be only minimally affected by increasing rates of obesity and excessive consumption of Western type food because I just feel like that does not bolster the, that argument that oh if you lose weight and eat clean that it'll clean up your PCOS or I, I'm sure it would help it. I just It helps it if you are like towards underweight Yeah but, or I guess maybe a better way to say is that this is, that that's probably not causing PCOS. It's just exacerbating what's already there. Would yeah. Would be fair to say? Yeah. And even when you are thin, you still have PCOS symptoms. You just might like be able to catch the ovulation. Even when you're obese, you probably like ovulate every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on the situation. But so our modern culture is not helping women with PCOS. <laughs> it sounds like you would have had an e- easier time getting pregnant when you were younger. <laughs> yep. Should have started yeah. at 13. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, there's nothing like being 14 with a couple of kids. I'd, I just find that st- stuff fascinating. And that they documented it. And now we can look back and be like, yep. Look at all those badasses in the Stone Age. Look at all these women <laughs> just making it happen. That's the the PCOS woman was the modern woman back in this Stone Age. Yeah. She wasn't at home barefoot and pregnant. She was out hunting and gathering, making it happen. She was the original feminist. <laughs> she was probably hitting the men over the head with the, the stick and dragging yeah. them home. <laughs> right. That's really interesting. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So Um, we had a lot of listener comments because they asked about what they want people to know about PCOS in our Facebook group. And I thought we would just get a few, but we got a lot. Yeah. We're going to read some of them. Um, Miriam said that she wishes she had known that you don't have to have elevated testosterone to be diagnosed with PCOS. It's always puzzled her. Her testosterone levels are extremely low, but she still has facial hair, weight gain, the infamous string of pearls. Uh, She said that going mostly organic and paleo has helped with her symptoms, along with taking 
inositol. I have I have a hard time saying that word. I, I think of it as inositol, but that's probably not right. <laughs> uh, she says it's not the end of the world, but it sure feels like it sometimes. And then she uh, talks about how her sister has PCOS and deemed infertile at age 16. And she's now 41 with four beautiful boys. Keep the faith. Don't let PCOS run you down. Yeah, I just don't see how they can say, oh, you have PCOS, you're infertile. That's not true. Especially at 16. (laughs) Come on. That sounds like a stupid doctor saying a stupid thing. (laughs) It's not true. Just because you have PCOS doesn't mean you're infertile. Right. And um, I thought it was interesting that Melissa, the nutritionist we were just talking about, responded to her about... It might be the way her body's detoxing testosterone. So it might be showing up like normal in a blood uh, test or whatever, but uh, but you could still have the symptoms of elevated testosterone. Well, that sucks. She says, I know. Like, because you, you could see a doctor being like, nope, you don't have high testosterone. You're fine. And you're like, then why do I have a beard? You know? She says she recommends saw palmetto. Saw palmetto. I don't know and what that is. It's a it, it's a supplement. It's a pill. Oh. And spearmint tea. I see was, the saw mm-hmm. palmetto uh, ta- uh, ads when my grandfather's watching Fox News about like for men with um, like. <laughs> oh, ED. No, uh, oh. prostate issues. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They're all like, Which, take saw palmetto. <laughs> that can so, cause ED. Oh. A prostate Prostate. Issues. A, a prostate that's taking over your groin. Well, I don't know. I don't know much about it. <laughs> Let's talk about prostates. Men's stuff. <laughs> um, but thank you for that tip, Melissa. Yeah, and that really um, sucks, though. Yeah. And then uh, Brittany says, the biggest one no one talks about is PCOS can affect egg quality, which, it, yes, it can. Um, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Most doctors like to say, oh, it'll be easy. Yes. Oh, it'll be easy to get pregnant with PCOS. Here's some Fumera. Yes. That's exactly yes. what my first clinic said. She's like, oh, I'll get you pregnant. Nope. Mm-mm. Well, she didn't even think I had PCOS, even with like 30 resting follicles on each ovary. Uh, it's good that you didn't keep seeing her. No. That was the embryologist, though, that was like, this looks like the eggs of a 40 year old. Yeah. You so said my eggs are and- overcooked by that testosterone. Right. So if Guys, you have. We- what? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we talked about that a lot because I know it's like something you're really like passionate about that people don't know that about PCOS, that it doesn't just mean you don't ovulate. It often means your egg quality is not great or so it can mean that. Yeah, and because. About, yeah. <clears throat> in the eggs with a side of pregnancy, please. We talked about that a lot in that episode. Mm-hmm. So. so if you do have the testosterone part of PCOS and you're going to do IVF, then you need to talk to your doctor about your protocol because you do not want to have men appear at the beginning. Like too much men appear. Is damaging for... Because it it will cook overcook your eggs, basically. Do you think, I want your opinion, if you are just seeing an OBGYN... And she tells you, you have PCOS, here's some Femera or here's some Clomid. Would you just say, okay, I have PCOS, I'm going straight to an RE? Mm. Or not necessarily? No. I mean, it it depends on your situation. Like, are you going to the OBGYN just because you're having issues with your body from PCOS? Or are you going... Have you been trying to get pregnant a year, you know, mm-hmm. or like a while and you can't even get your body to ovulate? And I think we'd both agree that we don't recommend taking Femera or especially Clomid for very no. long. Because like under three months. <clears throat> yeah, 
because COVID it will is so damaging to your lining. Yeah, I was going to say it can permanently damage your lining. It yeah, permanently so thins your lining. Be careful with Clomid. So ladies. if yeah, okay, no. If an OB was like, "Here's some Clomid," I'd be like, mm, "No." <laughs> Knowing what I know now, but most people who are just seeing an OB don't know that you're right. That Clomid's not good for you. <clears throat> like good right. for your lining. I guess a lot. So many people take it. It's like okay, it's okay to try a couple times, but I wouldn't. I just wouldn't go any further with it. Mm-mm. than that you know yeah especially if there's the risk of permanent damage Which, to your lining do ob's even know that i don't know sarah or are they like just if like we know that then they know that or should know that or do or they not it's, care maybe it doesn't happen in every patient it's one of those things you know well not every patient's gonna take seven rounds of clomid Well, I mean, every patient that takes Clomid, maybe it doesn't happen in every patient that takes Clomid. Maybe some women are more susceptible to the like a thin lining on Clomid than others. I don't know. I don't know either, but I would be very wary of taking Clomid for more than three months. Yeah. Like in all. Right. I agree. I agree with you. Um, Rhoda says she wishes she'd known that you won't necessarily have polycystic ovaries. I have a bunch of the other PCOS symptoms, irregular periods, facial hair, weight gain, insulin resistance, irregular ovulation, adult acne. I'm probably missing a few because I don't remember all my hormone levels. When the doctor did the ultrasound, I didn't have the telltale ovaries. Fortunately, she was good enough to tell me that it wasn't conclusive until my blood work came back. Good. Sounds like a good doctor. I have had arguments with other PCOS sufferers in other forums who insist I can't have PCOS without my ovaries appearing polycystic, and it's not helpful to other women like myself that are looking for answers and treatment. <laughs> Sarah was just shaking her head. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. It's not true. <clears throat> PCOS is a hormone disorder. It's not an ovary disorder. Yeah. And people are wanting to change the name back to what the original name was. What was the original name? Uh, it was like the name of the doctors who discovered it in the 30s. Oh. You know, I don't know that I would disagree with that. I feel like the 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 name is very misleading and confusing for people. Because if they think, oh, I don't have polycystic ovaries, so I can't have PCOS. Because that's the only thing in the name of you know yeah like so <clears throat> yeah so people are wanting to change the name and i think it was named pcos in like 1991 or something oh. around there yeah it's not it's kind of young name yeah it is oh okay the more you know <laughs> did you um I'm wondering if Rhoda, I wonder if her parents named her after the TV show in the 70s. What was that called, Rhoda? See, you don't catch my references either. (laughs) Well, what was it? It was a uh, a spinoff of the Mary Tyler Moore show. Did you watch that one? The two ladies? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. That's Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. (laughs) No. no. Did you I, ever watch the Mary Tyler Moore, Moore show? Yeah, I mean, when I was little. Yeah, her best friend's name was Rhoda. And then when that show ended, she they did a spinoff on her. Anyway. Hmm. Okay, so the... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, I'm done. <laughs> oh, the original name was the Stein and Leventhal. The Stein and Leventhal. Uh... It was discovered by Stein and Leventhal. And so. <clears throat> the SNL. Oh, yeah. The SNL. Hey, that's probably why they changed the name. <laughs> New name. We're going to start calling it the SNL. <laughs> yeah. And it okay. wasn't until the early 90s at a National Institute of Health convention on PCOS that they 
made the formal diagnosis criteria and then yeah that <laughs> would you agree though that the name is like confusing maybe they maybe it should be yeah like i don't know it, they probably i don't know if they shouldn't name it something it's so different widespread or not now yeah i feel like it would yeah. confuse a lot of people yeah like, i'm pcos no, I, I have Stein and Leventhal disease. <laughs> it's or the whatever. same thing. No, it's not. And then there's just more arguing on the internet than there already is. But you can have PCOS without polycystic ovaries. Right. I know that's confusing, but it's true. But, okay, so in 1721, there was this guy, an Italian scientist... Valis, Italian stallion. Yeah, Valisineri. And uh, he described a married and fertile woman with shiny ovaries with a white surface the size of pension eggs. How he saw <laughs> her ovaries? I don't know. That's yeah. concerning to me. Was she dead? I don't. She must have been. Like, how <laughs> is he her seeing open. her ovaries? I don't know. But yeah, so polycystic ovaries, if you have the polycystic ones, they're bigger That's right. than normal ovaries. Going back to all the uh, Socrates and his contemporaries calling them robust women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have robust ovaries, too. I think robust is kinder than obese. Robust. <laughs> I'm just robust. Yeah, I'm not obese. I'm, not I'm, obese. Robust. I'm just robust. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Emma says that she wishes she'd known there's different types of PCOS and diet is extremely important. You must find what works for you. The health risks, if you don't try to get it under control, like higher risk of diabetes, stroke, osteoporosis, wah, wah, wah. Emma, you're bringing us down. <laughs> You're making me um, sad. I know. One thing I didn't know was that you have a higher chance of miscarrying, which is just as heartbreaking to hear. Don't tell us that, Emma. Yeah. It's manageable, though. It does require work and forward thinking. I would agree with that. At one point, I didn't have a period for over six months. My cycle's usually between 30 and 38-ish days. If I slip in my diet too much, it backslides to 40-plus days. Look into supplements and find someone to advise you as it's so confusing otherwise. Don't forget the power of exercise, yoga, which is great for lowering cortisol. Strength training is great for PCOS. Forget doing hours of cardio. It won't benefit you. Most of all, find exercise that you actually enjoy as you'll be more likely to stick with it. That's like she said everything that Melissa said. She and Melissa would get along. Yeah, and I agree about the strength training, too, like cardio. Meh. <laughs> Just because I, I don't like to do cardio. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I don't know about the four different types of PCOS. I guess we'll have to look into that. Yeah. But the other thing she says sounds right. <laughs> I, I uh, think I agree with her about um finding someone to help you with supplements and such because a lot of doctors even REs are not like super familiar with nutrition and how it affects your fertility and like they're just they're not it's not their thing but who that's the question a nutritionist like Melissa like Melissa but not all nutritionists are created equally no and- a nutritionist that specializes in fertility Unfortunately, Melissa can't even be my nutritionist. No, because you're you're done. Stick a fork in you. You're done. (laughs) No, no, no. Because I'm in Missouri and she like legally can't be my nutritionist. (laughs) But she said in 2019, she's coming out with a nutrition course that you do yourself. Oh. So... Maybe could do that. Yeah. And she has, guys, she has a great website, or not, yeah, website that has lots of good, like, recipes and articles and stuff for PCOS. So, what is avocadogrovenutrition.com, I think. Yeah. And she's on Instagram. So, yeah. 
check her I, out. I do like her like way of nutrition. I do too. Yeah. I want to put that out there. Like when I'm eating, I think of what she said. I'm like, I need to eat something <laughs> with this bad thing I'm eating. More avocados, less Oreos. Right. right. Yeah. She might be able to like point you in the direction of a nutritionist in your area. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that could be a good thing. Yeah. My area, I don't think there's anyone. <laughs> but maybe in the state of Missouri, there's someone. Oh, I'm sure. So these last two are both about lean, PC- lean PCOS. Melanie says she wishes she knew that lean PCOS is a thing. So much you read about PCOS says if you lose weight and it can sort itself out. But I've been close to underweight my whole life and I'm not insulin resistant. But lots of cysts on my ovaries and I pretty much don't ovulate. Oh, it's so interesting. And then Kiri says, is that how you, how would you say I would it? say so, Kiri or... Okay. Yeah. Sorry if we're mispronouncing that. Um, She gave some great advice. I'd listen to your body and be your own advocate. Yes, 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 yes. Um, You know your own body better than anyone else. Trust your gut. I suspected I had PCOS, but I didn't have any, quote, classic symptoms such as weight gain, excessive hair. So my GP dismissed it. I had to keep arguing with her and refused to leave until she tested me. Um, So eventually she agreed to test. Lo and behold, I have lean PCOS. If I had listened to her, I still probably wouldn't be diagnosed. She was very sheepish when she gave me the results. Hopefully she's learned something and other lean PCOS women won't have to fight quite as hard to be believed. Can't you just see her standing in the doorway? I'm not leaving until you. (laughs) I can just imagine the doctor being like, PCOS. Yeah, so it turns out you were right. <laughs> I love it, though. I like a doctor when they can admit they're wrong. <laughs> I love when the patients are right. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's but, that's all we have for PCOS. Yeah. Awareness Month episode. Be aware of it, guys. Just be aware. <laughs> you might have it, even if you, you think you don't. <laughs> Because, I mean, Um, 50% of people who have it don't know. That's right. (laughs) It's just so funny. Such a weird statistic. It is. Uh, (laughs) What's something happy? (laughs) Let's get out while we can. I know of someone who just found out they were pregnant after doing IVF. That's happy. That's happy. I can't tell you who, but. You know, there's a lot of people in our Facebook group, the Infertile Mafia Bosses and Babies, that have gotten positive betas recently. So that is happy. That is happy. September Uh, is the good month to get pregnant. There you go. Seemed like August was not the good month to get pregnant. Yeah, we've got a whole lot more in September than we did in August. Yeah, so... I'm very happy for everyone who's gotten pregnant. I'm like, yes. Yes, that's great. That's yes. Great. And speaking I don't think, of our Facebook yeah. groups. Speaking of the Facebook groups, <laughs> join our closed Facebook groups that are called the Infertile Mafia. And then once you join that, you can join Bosses and Babies, which is a linked group inside of the Infertile Mafia. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear lots of talk about eggs and balls and stuff. And in our next episode, we're talking about sex. The fun kind, not the like baby making kind. Right. We're going to talk about uh, keeping the romance alive when you're going through fertility treatment. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very important. It is, and it's not easy to do. It's actually kind of hard. (laughs) Have you ever thought about being a phone sex operator? Who, me? Yeah. You think I could do it? You're like, hello. Yeah. Hi, my name is Candy Dish. (laughs) Maybe not. I don't know. I could moonlight as a phone sex operator. Does anyone do that anymore? I don't think so. 
Maybe they need them in the fertility clinic. I would mm. volunteer my time that way to help people start their families. I could be <laughs> the phone sex operator on the other side of the little window. You're doing great. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be talking. I'm sure Bill wouldn't mind, right? <laughs> no, no. He wouldn't mind talking at all. About, uh, talking about keeping the romance alive um, when you're going through infertility. But thanks for joining us today on this PCOS awareness special episode. And as always, thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye. Time anyway.